I speak to you in the name of the living God, blessed Trinity, and lover of your souls. Are you someone who feels the need to do the right thing in pretty much every situation? Do you monitor your thoughts and feelings so that they're expressed with the appropriate amount of passion? Do modal auxiliary verbs make it into your every thought? I should, I will, I must. If you feel resentment toward those who won't listen to you or who only listen after something terrible has already happened that you knew would have happened if they had just listened in the first place. If you've been working on it for ages but you just can't stop trying to be perfect, well then, you might be a perfectionist. You've joined the club. Perfectionism is the desire not only to do the right thing for oneself, but also that impulse to make up for the carelessness and foolishness of others. Perfectionists are idealists whose mission is to improve the world by reducing disorder within it and within themselves. And if you're not a perfectionist, just imagine for a moment what it would be feel like to have an internal drive that turns life into an endless report card with the desired grade always just slightly out of reach. Perfectionism can be self-motivating and drive people to overcome adversity, but it can also lead to the belief that nothing and no one will ever be good enough, including the self. Be perfect. That's what Jesus tells us to do in today's gospel. It's a little daunting, isn't it? Jesus just upped the ante for all the perfectionists in the room too, right? Perfectionism is no longer just an internal drive. Now there is external pressure from on high. Great. But I bet that even the perfectionists in the room worry that that high is too high of a bar for any of us to reach because nobody's perfect, right? Well, I suppose it all depends on what Jesus means by perfection. Are Jesus' words meant to form a religious zealot, that staunch liturgist in the pew who knows the right way to do church? or the political purist who is certain about the kinds of people who are good and the kinds of people who are not. The world has seen the harm that perfectionistic zealots can wreak on others and on our world. Psychologists tell us that perfection like this turns into an ism when an individual focuses not on achieving a goal, but rather on avoiding failure. This is called negative perfectionism. It expects flawlessness. There's also positive perfectionists who want to finish the race and do their best to win. 
But the negative perfectionists are driven by the fear of losing the race. And this focus on losing is what causes that not good enough feeling that perfectionism can generate. Perfectionism can lead to great achievements in life, but its dark side is a perpetual unhappiness. So what exactly is Jesus asking us when he tells us to be perfect? Is he seeking to shape political or religious zealots or purists? Or is he seeking to shape children into the image of their parent? Thomas Aquinas is one of the theologians who brought perfectionism into the systematic theology of the church. And he writes that human reason coupled with love is what allows us to attain the highest level of human perfection. And love is the verb that Jesus uses over and over in today's gospel reading. He says it four times before he tells us to be perfect. Love your enemies, he says, not just family and friends, because God loves everyone. See how the sun shines and the rain falls on each person? Grace is for all. As children of God, made in God's likeness, be an expression of God's perfect love. The epistle of John also reminds us that God is love. And perfect love casts out all fear, even the fear of not being good enough. Or the fear of losing the race. See, the problem with perfectionism is that we often fixate on concepts of rightness and goodness when we think about it. But just a few chapters out from today's gospel in Matthew, Jesus will make it perfectly clear that no one is good but God. Even Jesus won't claim that title. There's no bar of ultimate goodness for human beings to reach. The bar belongs only to God. So when Jesus tells us to be perfect, he's not telling us we have to earn goodness. He's not even telling us that we have to do everything right. In English, the word perfect draws from the Latin perfectus, meaning complete, finished. The Greek root is telos, the outcome or the end of a thing. So, the word perfection in English and in the ancient biblical languages has zero etymological connection to rightness or goodness. And 100% etymological connection to completion and maturity. That's what it means. Hear how the meaning of today's gospel changes when we remove the word perfection from it along with our inerrant ideas of what it might mean. And we focus instead on the verb Jesus's, Jesus focuses on, love. Love everyone. Just like your heavenly parent loves everyone. Doesn't God give parking spots on a busy Saturday morning to the just and the unjust alike? <laughs> if you only love those who love you, should you get a trophy? No. Anyone can do that. Be wise about what I'm saying. 
Love like God. Love completely. Be mature. Completion, maturity. This is what Jesus means by perfection. But we don't often think of perfection in these terms. Yet we do have them even in our colloquial English. It's there. Have you ever heard the phrase, a perfect stranger? It means a complete stranger. Or finishing school. It means the final course in one, one's education. See, perfection is not about flawlessness. It's about finishing. The perfect construction project is one that is done. There's no more work. It's done. And human perfection is about maturity. It's about living into full development, full formation from childhood to adulthood to the end of life. A grandparent on death's bed has come to their perfect end. There is wisdom in understanding perfection as completion. The mature are wise and see things as they are, not as they wish them to be. But toxic, negative perfectionism sees what it wishes something to become and then tries to force it to be that way. But force of will is not needed here. We are not told by Jesus to become perfect. We are told by Jesus to be perfect. And the verb is in the present tense for a reason. See, we already have within us the means to love as God loves. There's nothing to attain in Jesus' words, nothing to strive for or achieve. We are already God's children, made in God's likeness, who is love. And Jesus tells us to live into and express the love of God that has already been planted and is being nurtured within us. Perfection is not a high bar you have to reach for. It's not a future-oriented task you must complete in order to be good. It is a present reality you can tap into when you own your own place in God's family as God's child. Our perfectionistic inner critics who see the world in black and white perpetually suppress that child within us who is ever longing to express God's perfect, unconditional love for the self and for others. So, to all the perfectionists in the room, please stop shooting on yourselves. Please. Let go of the shoulds and the musts and let each moment just be what it is. This is wisdom's, this wisdom is perfection's finishing school. You just have to be and let the Holy Spirit continue to nurture you in the maturation chamber of the love of God. One day you will see the perfection you desire, just as Jesus did. Do you remember Jesus' last words on the cross? It is perfect. It is perfect. His last word on this earth has the same root from today's gospel. It is perfect, 
finally complete, done, finished. Be it the construction project or an entire life lived. When you can say, it is good enough, it is finished. You have done what Jesus has asked of you in today's gospel. You have reached the end of the task, the wisdom of the moment, the telos of perfection.